My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at first. Let's all stand. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's bless his name and lift him up. He is worthy. Jesus, we bless you today. We thank you for your goodness. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name in this place, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Scripture says his name shall be called. Let's just start right there. Wonderful. Full of wonder. Do you still have that sense of wonder? That sense of amazement? That sense of awe at the God you serve today? Does he still amaze you? Is his grace wonderful? His mercy, everything about him is great. It is wonderful. It is awesome. Can we give the Lord another hand clap of praise together? So good to see every one of you this morning in the house of the Lord. Would you turn to somebody and just let them know it's good to see you this morning. Good to see you. Praise the Lord. Ask them if they ate too much. Did you eat too much Thanksgiving? Well, I did. Praise God. A wonderful time with family and friends. But it's good to be back in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I turn your attention to Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. How appropriate when Paul wrote this. How appropriate it certainly is for us today. In Romans 13 and verse 11 and 12. And that knowing the time. Everybody say time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. If you'll notice in these two verses of Scripture, the requirement is not on God. There's no requirement on God. But two verses the Bible tells us, Paul is telling the church at Rome, he's telling us today, he said, it's time to awake out of sleep. 
it's my job to awaken out of sleep. It is my responsibility to cast off works of darkness and put on this armor of light. Our responsibility is exactly what Paul outlined here, and that is simply to arise. It is time to awake. This is the hour. This morning, I want to encourage the church to arise. Awaken this morning. It's the 9.30 service, I know, but it's time to awake, and it's time to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Amen? Could you put your Bibles down and can we give another hand clap of praise unto our God and thank Him? Praise the Lord. Praise God. One more time, give God praise with all of your heart. We thank you this morning, Lord. We bless your name today. Thank you for your goodness and what you are doing. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. The Apostle Paul said, it's time now. Awake, arise, cast off, and put on. If any of you this morning have ever built a home, if you've ever hired a contractor, if you've ever uh, liked to search for new homes, oftentimes you don't get a picture of the completed home, but you get a a drawing of what the home will look like. If it's a two-story with the garage and they'll put some trees around it, gotta give you an idea of what that home is going to look like. It's the finished product, if you will. It's a it, to give you an idea of what it's gonna look like when everything is done. But what happens normally is that when you agree that this is the home that you want, that you are going to purchase, that, that, that you are promising to pay for, they will begin to build that home. But a contractor doesn't take that drawing, that one picture, or that one image of that home, and lay it down on a workbench and begin to build the house. That contractor needs blueprints. And the blueprints are the details, very important details. Some contractors choose to follow the instructions. Some decide that they can make adjustments. They can do it because they've done it so long they don't need the blueprints. But they usually do that to their own detriment because the blueprints give the exact specifications of what was agreed upon, the materials that would be used, the, the, the specs on every room, the, not only the, 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 the specifications of, of how the house is going to look, but everything from electrical to plumbing. It's all included in those little details called the blueprints. It's a, usually a very big packet of drawings that are laid out for them to look through. And, and the reason for the blueprint is simply this. It gives the instructions. It gives step by step of what needs to be done to get you to the completed project. 
And I don't know about you, but if you've ever dealt with contractors, you wonder sometimes, do you even take a moment to follow the plan? I was dealing with a contractor this week, and, and they're on a certain step, and I said, well, you didn't complete the previous step. Don't go to the next step because it's going to cost you money to fix it. You better call your crew and have them stop. Sure enough, they called the crew and said, hold on, you didn't do what we said we were going to do last week. We can't move on to the next step. you gotta, you got to follow the steps according to the plan. You and I, when we come into the kingdom of God, let me take it one step back. Before we even take our first breath, I believe that our lives, God already has a design. God has a completed design. God has a, a completed plan, if you will. He knows the end from the beginning. He understands what you and I are going to be and to become. It is up to us to follow his plan. It was God's plan with humanity. It was his relationship with them, his design for all of us. God desires that you and I would follow these instructions according to his word. Not building our lives after how and what we think is right, but rather building our lives according to the word of the Lord. Because just like a contractor, if they choose to disregard the blueprints, they may find out that there was supposed to be a fourth bedroom. And they're at the end of the project trying to deliver you something that you did not agree upon. And so it may cost them very dearly in the end. But we understand that if we're living for God, there are times we get a glimpse. There are times we get uh, uh, from the Holy Ghost, God will impress us upon where God is drawing us to, what God wants us to do. And we may get a glimpse or an image of what that looks like. And it may not be exactly clear, but the only thing we know to do is, God, I'm going to take it today, one more step of faith, and I'm going to believe that you are going to complete this work in my life. Brother Jeremy, God's doing a great work in your life. He's not finished with you. He's got a great work for you and Sister Kristen. Listen, all you're doing is taking it one step at a time, one day at a time. Don't be overwhelmed in the process, but just keep trusting in God. Look at where God has brought you from to where God is bringing you to. God's got a great work in store. Listen, he's got all the plans. We just remain faithful, and God will fulfill his purpose in us. I'm so thankful that he has shared his plan through his word. That plan involves you and I. It is the blueprint for our lives. If we will allow God to turn those pages, to, to bring us from one season to another, he will fulfill that purpose for which he has created us. Because make no mistake, we're not here by accident. And we're not like some in this world who feel like we don't have any purpose. We have a purpose in this life. We have a plan in this life. It doesn't matter if you're 15 this morning or if you're 98. 
God's not through. God is not finished. But God wants to continue that work in your life. It is said that there's a twofold purpose for, for God even giving us life. There, that twofold purpose is simply this. One, you and I are to be in a right relationship with God. And we are to help bring other people into a right relationship with God. Because really, that's what it's all about. I want to be in right relationship with Him, and I want my life to be a life lived where I can help point others to Jesus Christ. I want it to be a life that can point people to the one who can transform any life. If God can transform my life and transform your life, that coworker that drives you crazy, that boss that, that is unbelievable, that always hounds you and, and you feel like never makes the right decision, listen, God can change that boss. I know it's hard to believe, but God can do it. God can turn it around. God can make a difference. God can change them. But let my life be an example of what God can do. You know, God is intentional. There's nothing that God does by what we would say chance. God doesn't just speak something and then go, oh, okay, that's how it worked out. No, when God speaks... He performs exactly what he speaks. He's not surprised by it. It's already within God to know exactly how it's going to happen. You and I, sometimes we live life and we make a decision and then we're surprised by the outcome. Oh, I, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't realize that, that lighting a, a, a fire next to gasoline would cause that to happen. I, I didn't realize that riding my bike too fast down a hill and not paying attention could cause this certain thing to happen. We, we, we are surprised at the outcomes at times, but God's not surprised. He doesn't do things, as we would say, by chance. But when he created the world, he had a divine design in mind. Before he ever spoke anything into existence, he already knew the world that he was creating, where you and I would reside. Now, this sometimes takes me back, and I, I, I think about this, I meditate upon this oftentimes, is that here I am this morning in this particular spot on the planet that he created... Doing what he has called me to do. Right here. I don't know what the GPS coordinates are. Brother Don, do you know what they are? I don't know what they are. But you know what? God knows exactly, not only the coordinates, not only the place, but he knew the time. He knew the moment. He said, I'll, I know what you'll be doing on this day at this time on the world that I created. That's not by accident. That is by his design and his creation. How amazing it is to know a God or to have an understanding and a relationship with a God that had a plan in place before I took my first breath that he would do some great works in my life and that you would be a part of a church. Listen, that's the greatest thing in the world. The church is the greatest You can't be a part of anything greater. You cannot be a part of anything greater than the church. God has called you. God has a plan for you. How amazing it is. Yeah, I may not know what the completed plan is, but there's a plan in place. And I'm going to take it one step at a time. Look at all that God created. Listen, 
If you consider what God created, what he created on day three, everything that was created on the day one and day two, they needed to be there before he created the things on the, on the third day. The fourth day would need the things on three, two, and one, etc. He, he had an order. He had a, a divine design. When God created man on day six, he created everything previously that man would need to survive and thrive. It was all lining up. It did not. He didn't plan a world without uh, without us in mind, but he created everything with you and I in mind. He didn't develop a blueprint for existence without humanity being at the center of that blueprint. But I'm so thankful that somewhere in God's mind there was somebody named Daniel, and I'm so thankful I wasn't that one thrown into the lion's den of lions. I, I'm so glad I wasn't thrown into the pit I mean he's a hero you know but you know what at the same time God thank you for the for the trials that I had to endure <laughs> and some of you with some biblical names you may want to thank God for being the, the, the certain biblical name you are today and not in the day when that name became a name that you can't forget are there any Job's here this morning alright just one I didn't think so, you know, you don't, uh, Job, you don't see too many people named Job. But Hebrews 12 and 2, <laughs> the Bible says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Bible tells us specifically that it is Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus was willing to endure the pain, endure the suffering. He Listen, God manifest in the flesh. He felt every bit of that suffering, every bit of that pain. But you know, the love of God, it, it certainly was his love that he did what he did. But the Bible tells us it was the joy that was set before him. That he endured the cross, despising the shame. What was that joy before him? What he was doing upon that cross? What he was enduring throughout that process of being crucified on Calvary? What he was enduring and being buried? That he knew that when he rose again, that there would be a pathway for you and I to be reconciled back to him. The joy of being reconciled with what he has created. Listen, we have been reconciled, church. We have been reconciled back to him. It was the joy of his relationship with us that he endured all of that for you and me. And here we are in 2020. Here we are just trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to live? What, where do you want me to go? God, I woke up this morning. I know I got to be at church at 930. But you know what, Lord? What do you No, I had to be here at 830. God, what did you need today? What do you want me to do? I know I got to teach a class at 930. I know I got to teach, preach, whatever we want to call this this morning. But you know what, God? What do you want today? What do you want to do in and through me today? And God, more than anything else, speak today and let me hear your voice. I don't want to live off of yesterday. I need you today, God. 
He has called us, he has saved us, and he has a divine purpose for you. And the reminder is this morning, church, God has a divine plan in place for your life. Would you turn to your neighbor and let them know that, that God has a divine plan in place for your life? Because there are people today, they just think that they're done. They got the Holy Ghost, they're on the way to heaven, there's nothing going on for them, and they'll see you on the other side. No, that's not the case. God has a plan for us. And I believe that plan is like Paul said, it's time to arise. It's time to awake out of sleep. It's time now to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Don't fall asleep. Cast off those works of darkness. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for this flesh. Paul said it's going to be up to you. It's going to be up to me. Here we are. The apostles' words are still trying to awaken the church. When he wrote to the church in Rome, he's saying, I better wake these brothers and sisters up because they don't realize how close we are to the coming of the Lord. And I say this morning, we are much more closer than they were. And his words are still just as true, church. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep on God. In other words, be aware. When you're asleep, you don't know what's going on around you. Now, unless you have children, you keep senses up there. You don't really fall too far deep into sleep because you've got to be mindful of what's going on. Are they trying to burn the house down? Are they, it's a mutiny. Are they, trying to, are they trying to tie you up? Are they trying to take over? What are they planning? Why are they so quiet? Do you ever realize that? Do you remember that when you had, some of you may have to remember a little far back there when the house got quiet, you got scared? <laughs> and you realize that, yes, they are home with you. You better figure out what's going on. Something's wrong. If you don't hear them, find out really quickly. Paul said, you've got to awaken yourself. You've got to do this on your own. He didn't say, God, awaken me. He didn't say, God, do this for me. No, he's saying, look, you've got to awaken yourself. You know, a lot of people today are, are living with, with eyes closed. They want, to, they want to pretend that what we, go, we are going through right now is really no big deal. Or this really... You know, all this stuff happening within our government, oh, it, it, it's always gone through things like this. It'll be okay. You're fooling yourself. You're, you're fooling yourself. If you think, oh, we've lived through this, we've lived through that, and it's going to be okay, there have been some major changes that have been happening in our world. Drastic changes, but, you know, you could be asleep. You could be asleep at the wheel. You could, you could have your eyes closed and pretend that it's not happening and say, well, Jesus is not coming for a long time. And you know what? I'd rather be safe saying that Jesus is coming soon than to live as though he's coming in a thousand years. No, I'm going to live as though he's coming today. I'm going to live as though I need to be ready right now because you know what? That's what the wise would do. The foolish would not have the oil in their lamps. The foolish wouldn't be prepared. But I'm so thankful to be surrounded by those who are wise this morning, knowing it's time, it's high time that we awake. Don't fall asleep. 
If you've served God for any length of time, you understand this principle and this fact. There will be times when you get knocked down. Now, if you haven't been knocked down, just prepare yourself. But I believe in this class this morning, this is age 59 and up. 50 and up. Hallelujah. I said 59. I was thinking 49 and 50 got mixed together. And I know some of you don't meet that qualification. I don't either. Make sure I tell myself that. But you know, I'm pretty close. Where was I going? Old age? I really did. I forgot exactly where I was. What was I talking about? Huh? Yeah. If you live long enough, you're going to be knocked down. Thank you, Sister Lois. I appreciate that. Oh, maybe I had, you know, maybe they played a trick on me this morning. Maybe I had that unleaded coffee this morning. It didn't, didn't fire up everything that needed to be fired up. But you're going to be knocked down. And that's the truth. And, you know, I'll just tell you this this morning, that, yes, you will get knocked down. And, yes, you will make mistakes. And, no, there's nobody perfect in the church. And I know we give off that perception as though we, we are some holy, perfect thing and we've never made a mistake since we received the Holy Ghost. But you know what? You need to stop living like that and, and giving off that lie because it sends a message of hopelessness to people who are really struggling. People who really struggle, they want to know that, hey, you were able to get knocked down quite a bit, but you're able, you got back up. And, and if you can get back up, I think that sends more picture of hope than somebody who says, I've never fallen down. Oh, no, I've always, I've always done everything right. I've never made a mistake. But no, how about we let the world know, look, it's okay. You, you haven't been promoted to glory yet. You're going to make some mistakes. But when you make a mistake, know that you serve a God who's full of mercy. A God who's full of grace. A God who will forgive. Not only that, you serve a God who will restore. He's not willing that any should perish. It's that attitude of, of oh, how could you? Well, let me tell you, I got flesh. And you've got flesh. But you know what? We've got a God who loves us enough and wants us to be restored and wants us to be on the right track. But you've got to be determined to get back up when you get knocked down. It's not easy when you get knocked down. It's not easy. But you know what? If you have seen somebody else, though, rise back up. If you have witnessed somebody else in your life, that has been able to overcome, that has been able to become victorious over that thing that's had them down. Maybe it was an addiction. Maybe it was a, some other thing that was destroying their life. But you saw how God picked them back up and how God gave them power and authority to overcome those things that were destroying their life. Listen, that's a testimony. 
That gives people hope that, yes, my, the God that you serve, maybe he can do that for me. You, you've got to be determined that if I get knocked down, I'm getting myself back up. Because I'm not going to stay down for long. I'm going to get myself back up. I'm going to dust off. I'm going to say, what happened? Now, let me be honest this morning. You have to ask yourself this question when things happen, when things go off track. How did I get here? Now, we can't be ignorant. We can't live, uh, you know, a life that says, well, God will, you know, God will always forgive me and God will do this and God will do that. How about we say to ourselves, what got me into this place? What, what path did I take? Did I go left when I should have went right? Was I hanging out with the wrong people I shouldn't have been hanging out with that were giving me some, that were pulling me back into that world that I, that I left from? Have I been visiting places I shouldn't be visiting? Have I have been surfing into internet zones that I shouldn't be in? Have I been communicating with people that, that I should distance myself from because of their communication and, and, and what, they're, what they're trying to convey to me? Is it, is it something that I should disconnect? How did I get here? My pastor used to tell me all the time that when I was growing up, he, he would tell me, he said, you know, if you don't have to fall in the mud, don't fall in the mud. And what he was trying to say is, look, if you don't have to learn the hard lesson, don't learn the hard lesson. You know, all of us, how many of you have learned some hard lessons? We all have. Sooner or later, sooner or later, there'll be some hard ones. You'll learn, and you just have to learn. But, but thanks be to God, when you, when you figure it out, you know, you say, I'll never do that again. I think that's really powerful. Because when you finally realize, I will never do that again. You have learned your lesson. You know, sometimes, especially with children, they do crazy stuff. And I, I tell my wife, and usually I get, uh, you know, I, I, have to, I have to back off of this statement. But I said, they'll only do that once. But then I start thinking, I don't want to go to the hospital. I, I, I don't need that this evening. And, you know, when they got to go to the hospital, it's never in the middle of the day. Do they only go to the hospital in the middle of the night? Not that I want to go, but does it have to be in the wee hours of the, you know, wh why can't, well, never mind. But don't, if they do something crazy, they, the good thing is, is that if they'll use it to their advantage in the kingdom of God, when you make a mistake, when we make mistakes, when we mess up, when we fall, what we need to do is say within ourselves, Whatever drew me down that path, whatever it was that led me in that direction, let me cast off. Maybe I picked something up I shouldn't have picked up and, and put on something I, I shouldn't have put on. And, and maybe I need to do like the Bible says, and hey, wake up yourself. You're, you're on the wrong path. Get on the right path and, and understand that Jesus is coming soon. Get yourself back up. But in order to get back up, you've got to have some focus. You've got to see a God who's merciful. You've got to see a God who's willing not only to pick you up, but to restore you and I and give us the ability 
to be victorious. That what has caused the fall, what has caused the, the, the mistake, what has caused that to happen, he wants us to be victorious. Listen, Micah 7 and 7 through 8, Therefore I will look unto the Lord. And listen, it, this is important. I'm not looking to people because I know that people are going to make mistakes. But I'm going to look to the Lord and I'm going to wait for the God of my salvation. Why? Because my God shall hear me. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, did I say that? Some church people have you think that says if. It says when. I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, people say I'm trying to be real. That's all I, I this is it. I, there's no reason to pretend something this morning. There's no reason to pretend that you're something that you're not. There's no reason to do that. The, the writer said here, he said, look, I'm going to, when I fall, I shall arise. Just as sure as the fall, the promise is there of a resurrection. Just as sure as the fall, he said, when I fall, I shall arise. If I sit in darkness, I don't have to stay in that darkness. But you know what? The Lord's going to be a light unto me. The enemy would have you think that once you're down, you're down. Once you make a mistake, you've made the last mistake. Once you've fallen, you've fallen. And as a, they, oh, never mind. You can get back up. You can get back up. Why? Your God that you serve, he is good. And the enemy would like nothing more than for you and I to stay down. Don't stay down. Get your focus on the Lord. Remind yourself and also remind the enemy. Don't party just yet because my story's not over yet. Your story's not over yet. Nope. The work that he's begun, guess what? <laughs> he's going to finish it. He's going to complete that work. And the way he's going to complete that work is I'm going to submit myself to him. It's not a maybe, but I shall arise. Enemy, don't start your partying too soon. I'm going to get back up. I'm not down for the count. There's something in you and I. Listen, we're just going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on seeking God. You may have had a rough year this year, but listen, look where you are this morning. You made it to the house of the Lord. It may have not been the perfect year you thought it was going to be, but here you are in the house of the Lord one more time, uh, clapping your hands, uh, worshiping God, uh, magnifying his name, uh, blessing his name. Why? Not because we're perfect, but because he's good. Oh, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? You may begin to see some things begin to take shape in your life. And when you look back, especially this age group this morning, you can look back and see how God has put the pieces together and how God is working out some great things in your life. Just as sure as he's worked out those pieces, 
understand this, that he's still at work in your life. And he's still doing a great work. There may be an addition to the plans that you had no idea about. There may be an add-on here. There may be an upgrade there. There may be another path here or a path there. There may be something else that God is adding on that you had no idea about. But you know what? Keep trusting in the Lord. Keep trusting in his plan for your life. You're not done yet. There are times when you feel like the psalmist in Psalm 38. He said, For in thee, O Lord, do I hope that will hear, O Lord my God. For I said, Hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. Isn't it amazing that when things go wrong in your life, the enemy is always there to pounce? It's not like a, you know, a heavenly thing where as soon as you fall, the angels are there and, you know, they're, they're lifting you back up. No, the enemy's trying to pounce on you. And then you begin to beat your own self up. Anybody? Anybody get aggravated with your own self? Anybody get aggravated with your own self saying, I know better? Why in the world? What am I doing? What is going on? Why? How could you have done this? What were you thinking? What is going on in your mind and heart? Listen, the psalmist said they would rejoice, God, but I need you to hear me. I need you to hear, and I need you to help. I need you to come through because, look, I, my foot may have slipped, but listen, they're trying to rejoice, God. They're trying to magnify themselves over me, but, God, I need you to hear me. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast what? He has lifted me up. Listen, the enemy came when you slipped. But now he's saying, Psalm 30, he's saying, You've lifted me up and not made my foes, my enemies, to rejoice over me. When he delivers, he stops that party. He delivers. Why? He said, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. It is he, Jesus, alone that has lifted me up. He brought my soul up. He has kept me alive. He has delivered time and time again. He has provided his grace. He has shown me his mercy. He has done a mighty work in my life. I'm just saying, Lord, uh, your blueprint, your plan, what you have design Lord let it be completed in us let me awake to the hour in which we live and let me cast off what I need to cast off and put on what I need to put on would you stand with me this morning I will call upon the Lord in the day of trouble I've got a promise that he will deliver Psalm 91 and 15 he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Is that a revelation? God said, I'm going to be with you in what? trouble. He's going to be with me in trouble. You mean, you mean that's a, a qualifying factor for God to be moving in my life? Trouble? Yeah. I may not be perfect. 
I got trouble. I just want to encourage you today. Don't feel like you're less. Don't feel like you don't measure up. Don't feel like you're never going to amount to anything. Don't feel like those words of relatives and parents and people who have put you down for years or the voice of the enemy that said you're going to amount to nothing. No, you don't hold the plan. Jesus holds the plan. And oh, what a master builder he is. What a master builder he is. And you know what? He can fix those areas that are messed up. You know what? He can fix it to where it looks like it had never been a problem before. He could heal some things that that maybe other people thought never could be healed and can't be fixed, can't work out. But he's the master builder. And when it looks like you're without strength, and when it looks like there's nothing but trouble, his promise says that when you call upon me, I will answer. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you, and I will honor you. With long life will I satisfy you, and I will show you my salvation. Would you lift your hands all over this place right now? And would you thank him for all that he is? For all that he is. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for being at work in us and through us. Thank you, Lord, for every repair. Thank you, Lord, for every adjustment that you have made. Thank you, Lord, for completing the work. Thank you, Lord, for your promise to complete. Thank you, Lord, for being at work in us, oh God. Thank you for your plan, Lord, in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the design that you have put in place for us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you right now, Lord. We praise you today and we bless your name. Oh, yes. Oh, thank him. Thank him for his mercy. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.